It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. I'm joined now by Major Fred Galvin. Uh, this story uh, not heard until the release of his book, A Few Bad Men, uh, not heard in some time, that is. Uh, the true story of an elite team of U.S. Marines set up to take the fall for Afghanistan, quote, war crimes that they did not commit. And the fight that my guest, Major Fred Galvin, carried on so that they could be uh, eventually uh, properly um, recognized and this story uh, properly addressed. Uh, Major Galvin, great to have you here, sir. Thank you. It's great to be here with you, David. So first, let's tell the audience in brief form and again the the book a few bad men uh is available wherever books are sold for you out there but let's summarize what happened with your unit okay this is a actually a non-fiction story that is the war on terror began in 2001 right there in new york city and in washington dc then the secretary of defense donald rumsfeld ordered all of the U.S. Armed Force Services to increase their capacity for special operations. That was in 2001, and the Marine Corps strongly resisted. We know better. We're not going to do this. Uh, we'll send a few officers down to Tampa as liaisons uh, to the Special Operations Command to appease Dr. Rumsfeld, and they did a two-year proof of concept to see if the Marines could even compete with Green Berets, Army Rangers, Navy SEALs, uh, that two years dragged on to three years. Uh, President Bush got reelected, which uh, was a, an assumption by the Marine Corps that, hey, this is going to be a short-lived. Just like his father, he'll be a one-term president. Uh, that did not occur. Dr. Rumsfeld stayed on in uh, the administration as Secretary of Defense, and he ordered in late 2005, the Marine Corps, you shall develop a special operations command uh, that was activated in 2006. Uh, the godfather, Dr. Rumsfeld, the late Dr. Rumsfeld oversaw this, uh, not, not only the arranged marriage between the Marine Corps and the special operations command, but he uh, also observed the consummation and the birth of this, the very first special operations task force, which I commanded uh, led into Afghanistan after we trained for 11 months and uh, this event that the book is centered around occurred on the 4th of March when we were ambushed in a very coordinated and complex ambush in a border village between the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan. So, David, if your listeners loved the movie A Few Good Men or they loved American Sniper, this is a cross. It has so much combat action from uh, – the prior to the formation of the Marine Special Operations Command, what we did in force reconnaissance in Iraq, it has combat action, what we did as Marine Raiders in Afghanistan. And then it also portrays the entire legal battle. This was the longest courtroom battle in Marine Corps history, three and a half weeks in a courtroom trial there in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Uh, and there's a lot of twists. Uh, this is something that is a, 
is not uh, a proud moment for the Marine Corps because it utilized information warfare against the American people, uh, something that we see almost every day with what they call spin. So the, the truth is finally coming out in this book, David, and it's going to be eye-opening. And if your listeners have a concern not only for our national defense, but for the lives of American sons and daughters who had and will answer their country's call and are serving, this is the nation's largest employer, uh, the Department of Defense, and uh, this type of abuse of authority is clearly described in the book, and it's something that I believe uh, the co-author, Sal Mana, portrayed exceptionally well, and uh, I believe your readers will enjoy reading it or listening to it on audiobook. Major Fred Galvin, retired Marine, uh, my guest, and again, uh, the book, A Few Bad Men, the true story of U.S. Marines ambushed in Afghanistan and betrayed in America. Uh, Major, to the end of that trial, first, a brief uh, summary of that and what was the outcome. But then I want to go back because the story of being betrayed in America, uh, the generals, the senior leadership, uh, that needs to be addressed. It's not just a story to be told. It needs to be addressed. It, it needs to not happen ever, but we have to be watchful that it doesn't happen again. You're absolutely right, David. Uh, and I'm going to just hit some wave tops. Uh, what was used, the legal proceeding that the Marine Corps decided to use was not a court-martial. It's a very rarely used form called a court of inquiry. This legal trial was supposed to be a fact-finding mission. Um, it went on for three and a half weeks. And two of the reasons why they chose, one I know for sure and one I'm assuming, is one, I know that there was no prima facie evidence against us. There was no bodies, blood, uh, photos of bodies, uh, no bullets. So they didn't have anything to send us to a court-martial, which requires 90% of the evidence to convict. So they used this process called a court of inquiry to find out the facts, but also in a court of inquiry, and it is my assumption that uh, this was utilized, was because there are no, and this is not embellishment, there are no rules of, uh, of evidence. So they can actually use hearsay, they can use conjecture. And in our trial, they used some very, they crossed even the boundaries of decency and morals. Uh, they, during our defense witnesses, if there was any witnesses that had uh, exculpatory evidence, they would go to a closed session. And David, this was a gun battle on the side of the street. This is not the Jason Bourne knock list or the location of submarines at sea. This was a fight between the Taliban and U.S. Marine special operators. And But the majority of our defense witnesses were not heard by the press. The jury heard every word, and in a, another disappointment, they adjudicated the case four months, and there's very few weekends that the Pentagon goes down to a skeleton crew, and they waited till Memorial Day uh, in 2008, uh, four months after the trial ended in uh, January 2008 on uh, the, the 29th, uh, and they put it out only to Estes Thompson, one media source in the Associated Press. They didn't use any legal terms saying innocent or guilty or dismissed. They said the Marines acted appropriately. And David, this was the, at that time, this was the largest number of alleged innocent Afghan civilians who were allegedly killed, of 19 killed and 
another 50 wounded, total of 69, largest number by direct fire weapons. Uh, so this isn't a, some minor case. This was a basically an atrocity or a war crime that every nation, every religion on the globe condemned this type of act. And uh, the Marine Corps silently put, did a Friday night news dump when they know they're going to have a military four-day weekend, come back four days later, stock markets changed, all the news is different, and uh, the media is focused elsewhere. And that's what happened. But uh, if we're concerned about morale, if we look at what's going on with Russia and see how their military leaders uh, don't have the trust of the people and of the troops that are leading, and as things, events in the world are building in the Straits of Taiwan, and we look to possibly in near years uh, focus on a potential fight either in uh, Taiwan or Philippines or somewhere in the Pacific. Uh, we, we need to have a competent commanders. We need to have moral commanders. And this can't be uh, continuing as a lot of these leaders in the book who are named. They got their photographs in the book. Uh, this can't exist in the United States military. You know, our service members, not just Marines, all who serve need to feel and know, not just feel, but they need to know that the leadership has their back. And as you and I know, that can have so many effects from recruiting to retention. Uh, we don't want to hollow out uh, the military, but we are losing a lot of people. We are, in for a variety of reasons, uh, having a hollowing out effect across the services. And in the core, smaller in number, uh, the replacement, the training required, the the, the building, right, of the core to, to stand as one uh, can be greatly affected. Uh, what else in this book do you want the American people to take from it? Uh, there, are, there are key lessons uh, that, you know, and, and in this story, I think it's important that people take those key lessons and not just let it be buried, like you said, on a Friday release. Yes, good point, David. Uh, and I address this in the epilogue of the book. Uh, the military promotion system has to be changed, uh, or we are going to have this moral hazard affect you know every American. So our national defense is something that uh, since 9/11 we have not. It has not been a primary focus, but it is. It needs to be, and it's just like that insurance policy. Or if if someone, a friend of yours, is a, a recreational skydiver. You don't ever think about having that backup secondary parachute or your insurance policy until that second that you must rely upon it. And our military can't quickly pivot and get the right people in there that are competent at the senior ranks. Uh, when we've allowed this, uh, a lot of these programs, these woke thoughts to enter our military and we're promoting based on how people feel about them other than besides merit and competence and lethality, we are going to have problems. And I'll give us some examples of that. And I just um, not only served 27 years in the Marine Corps, uh, ran my own business for four and a half years, and then I came back for four years. And until you know, last month, I was working as a civilian for uh, the Department of Defense. And this is rampant. I've, I've seen so many excellent officers leaving, some some even before their retirement or just before their retirement and some waiting and have clearly stated, and this is no embellishment, 
They're saying at 20 years and one day I am retiring. David, these are excellent Marine officers who have great careers, but they, they realize that they are under fire. When uh, both the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff are publicly stating, just like the President of the United States, stating you know, that we have to end white ex- extremism in the military, it's all of a sudden it's became this racism thing. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that there's not somebody with thoughts in their head like that. But if this is the biggest problem that these senior leaders are addressing, I would submit who who are these white extremists? Who's their leaders? What weapons are they using? How are they communicating? How are they organized? Uh, I just stated, you know, 31 years combined service, active duty in the civilian. I I never known or seen any evidence or or heard of anything. But this is why a lot of good leaders are getting out because. People are trying to divide the United States, and that is our key strength that we are united, and that is something that we are not going to be able to effectively fight and win wars. If we look to what's going on with Russia, when we are divided, we are going to fall. Yeah, and that is uh, something being watched carefully by our opponents and enemies around the world Uh, Those who act outright now, as you and I have this conversation, and those who watch carefully and wait for their moment. Uh, The book, again, is for all of you available out there. It's A Few Bad Men, uh, an important uh, examination. And that's what this really was to me in reading through uh, the materials here. It's an examination of a failure in leadership and in simple terms for many out there, regardless of service, a failure to stand properly by our service members, Marines or otherwise, something that that we just can't have. Yes, it, it will be an eye-opener, lots of twists. I encourage the listeners to go on to Amazon and read, read the blurbs, read uh, what uh, several movie producers, members of Congress, former Deputy Undersecretaries of Defense and many others, uh, retired Marine officers, have written uh, about this book. And that will uh, let you know, give you a little taste and preview of what this book is truly about. One of those men I know well, Major General Paul Vallely, known Paul a long time, yes, uh, trust his opinion on many, many things over the years. Uh, Major Galvin, thank you, sir. I, you put a lot of effort uh, and I know a lot of heart into this you know people don't think about the heart of of a marine or the heart of a service member but uh you put a lot of heart into this to tell this story it's an important one yes thank you very much god bless you david thank you sir major fred galvin retired marine and again the book uh for all of you out there a true story a few bad men the true story of u.s marines ambushed in afghanistan and betrayed in america and his co-author sal man i should mention that as well you can join me live on the david webb show monday to friday nine to noon east on sirius xm patriot 125